Hello everyone. Um, today I kind of wanted to do an episode on um, gaslighting, a subject that um, definitely needs to be discussed um, for those that are early on in the process. Um, for a lot of you, um, you're very aware exactly what you're looking for, but um, gaslighting is a very important tool that um, a narcissist will employ. Um, I think it's honestly, I mean, you know, my last episode over guilting and shaming, I think this was also one of the ones that affected me the deepest between this and the guilting and the shaming kind of combined. Um, I don't, I don't know. There's so many different ones, but gaslighting definitely happened probably the most often along with guilting and shaming. I should say that. So maybe it didn't, maybe they all kind of affected me fairly deep, but, um, you know, this, this one is a, a tough one to, to, to swallow really. Um, if you're not familiar with the term in its full extent, I know it's becoming more and more, um, prevalent, especially, in the political climate that we have, I know that, you know, narcissist in general has become more mainstream as well as the term gaslighting. Um, I mean, essentially gaslighting, the goal for someone who is gaslighting someone is to keep you off balance, to make you question your reality. Um, so you are the target and their goal is to keep you questioning your reality um, and essentially slowly, slowly, slowly become brainwashed into um, obedience, really. Um, so I kind of wanted to bring up a few points um, and then elaborate a little bit on those points um, as far as what they do. Um, I think that, uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I got this one on, uh, psychology today's website, um, as far as recognizing, um, manipulative and emotionally abusive people, um, and whatnot. So, um, I mean, the, the number one thing is that this is, this is a big one, obviously, is they tell blatant lies. Um, there are so many times that I can't even remember all the times that there were just outright lies. Um, even if they know that they're lying, they will say it with such a straight face that it will be really confusing. Then it starts an argument and then they change the subject. Um, even though you try to stick to the point, um, then they start attacking from different directions to keep you off balance um, to where eventually you just give up on even trying to convince them that they're lying. They'll never admit that they're lying, even if it's something that, that is directly right in front of their face. I mean, I've had my ex hit me, punch me, throw cups at me, throw phones at me, bite me, scratch me, um, and then turn around and say that I was attacking her or something like that when I was like literally across the room or I'll say, you just threw that at me. And she would say, what are you talking about? 
I didn't throw anything at you. It's like, are you fucking, are you fucking serious right now? You know, like you literally just threw that at me and, (laughs) and it would just go back and forth, um, to the point to where you start to feel like you're losing your mind. Like, are you not hearing me? Um, and the, the point is to keep you unsteady. The point is to keep you, um, you know, off kilter, not knowing what to do. Um, and I have a really hard time with people that do that now. And I feel like now that I kind of know what's going on, I can see it a lot more. Um, the second thing, um, is that they deny that they ever said something, um, which is kind of what I just talked about. Um, even though you have proof, um, there were times that I would record conversations, um, just so I didn't feel like I was going crazy. You know, there were times where she would insult me, um, or attack me or attack my family, um, with different, you know, verbal assaults. Um, and then I would call her out on what she said and she would say, I never said that. So then I would say, yeah, you did, you know, and go back and forth. And, um, and then I would have to go back and listen to the tape. I never revealed that I was recording her at that point. Um, she didn't know that I was recording her, but, um, it definitely helped me with my own reality. Um, because I felt like I was losing my own reality so many times. Um, so that's, that's part of, of what the goal there is for them. Uh, number three, um, they use whatever is near and dear to you as ammunition. So if your job is important, they're going to attack your job. If your family's important, they're going to attack your family. If your kids are important, they're going to attack that. If your, if your independence and self-worth is important to you, they're going to attack that. And they're going to start attacking your, calling it your ego and making ego a bad thing, which ego isn't necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of emotions that people have and a lot of things that they, they do that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but they will display it to you as being such, um, you know, I mean, with me, a lot of it was circled around, um, like my foundation of who I am, which is, you know, my core values, my family, um, you know, where I came from, my roots. Um, and, and, you know, she would always say that it was my ego, the male ego, you're so fragile. Um, anytime we got in an argument where I would actually call her out on something, she would say, you know, she would just get really mocking, even if it had literally nothing to do with anything. Um, she would turn it around and say, okay, yeah, because, you know, you can't stand for a woman to tell you what to do. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This has nothing to do with a man versus a woman. She's like, okay, you're fragile little male ego. I can't hurt your fragile male ego. You can't stand for a woman to tell you what to do. And it would be like about something that was completely irrelevant to that, like laundry or dishes or whatever it was. Um, the million different things she had me doing or, you know, kind of, 
manipulating me into thinking that I had to do everything because nothing was never enough. Um, you know, the moving of the goalposts, um, and then it would just turn into like, yeah, well, I did that and I did this and I didn't have time for all of it, you know? Well, I have time for this and I have time for that. So why can't you do it? You know, it's like, I, it just, it's just, and then it somehow would turn into, you know, my ego is the problem that I am too stubborn and men are so stupid and men, 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 like it was weird and it didn't make any sense. I mean, but you know, it does make sense now because I realized it's, you know, she was basically using that as ammunition because she knew that she, she found what would get a rise out of me. And I didn't like to be considered egotistical because I do not feel that I am. Um, I never felt that I was, I always have had a fairly confident stance in who I am. Um, but I have always been able to take ownership of my faults. Um, and I was always prideful in the fact that I could handle constructive criticism. Well, um, it's funny now because now I have a hard time and I have to really, you know, digest things when things, uh, come to me of my criticisms without getting defensive because I'm so used to being criticized now by a narcissist that I have questioned my own reality moving forward. So I'm having to kind of relearn um, my reality of what I should be taking responsibility for and where the blame lies with me um, in my personal life and my home life because of, you know, this tactic. Um they wear you down over time is number four. Um, that, that is something that does happen. It's, it's a very slow process. It's not something that is easily noticeable. If you're unfamiliar with gaslighting, if you're unfamiliar with narcissism, um, I know it's kind of like, you know, sometimes it's like beating a dead horse, but if you're on this boat and you've been there, like it's never enough to hear that, like, you're not alone in this. Um, you're not crazy. <laughs> you know, they, they do slowly, gradually make snide comments, a little lie here or there. Um, you know, just little tiny verbal attacks. Um, the snide comments really gets to you, especially when it's done with other people around and it's done about you and you just kind of have to take it. Um, or else you're causing a scene and they know that. So they know they can get away with saying whatever they want as long as they laugh afterwards. You know, if people are laughing and they're mock she's making fun of you or he's making fun of you and everyone's laughing about it and you seem like you're taking it on the chin, basically. Um it'll continue. Um and it slowly, slowly breaks down your perception of reality and who you are, especially when you know their lies that you know, are being told about you. Um, it just always seemed to go back to a gender thing with my ex. I mean, most of the time it was just, you know, mocking me for being a typical man to her friends. Um, and that was always a thing like, and all of her friends were kind of in that same boat. I think 
for the most part, they were more stable. They just didn't realize her instability because she kind of snuck into this movement and really knows how to feed her ego and feed her audience what she wants her audience to see. Um, you know, and if I, you know, she asked me to, we we're having a get together or having a potluck or having drinks. And if I forgot to bring something out when she asked me the 50 fucking things to bring out and I forgot something, she'd be like, typical male, he can't do anything right. You know, typical male. And then her friends would laugh. Oh, I know my husband does the same thing. Um, that kind of stuff. Um, towards just like these little jabs for no reason. So instead of just being like, it's okay, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can get it. Or, you know, if you want to go grab it, then that's fine. Or whatever it was, what, whatever it was, like it just, it always turned into like little, little pokes, little pokes, little pokes for, for no fucking reason. And it does wear you down and it does make you very resentful towards that person. A lot of animosity and it just builds. I mean, you know, that, that, that's a good, the, the, uh, the frog analogy and the frying pan is, is very, uh, appropriate when it comes to this point of tearing you down over time. Um, if you're unfamiliar, most people have heard it at this point. Um, but you know, if you put a frog in a frying pan, put it in water or a boil, boil it or whatever, and you know, and you put no heat on, then you slowly start to turn up the heat little by little. Um, it'll just die um, over time because they don't recognize the temperature changes until it's too late. But if you just throw them into a hot pan, they're going to jump out. Um, that's why a narcissist is very, very careful to slowly break you down. They'll lift you up and break you down and lift you up and break you down. Um, at the beginning until then it turns into Break down, break down, break down, break down, break down, break down, lift up, break down, break down, break down, lift up, you know, so it becomes less frequent that you're feeling lifted up, um, and more frequent, but you're at that point kind of like stuck in a, in a cycle, almost like somebody that is, um, a, a, an addict to say you're a gambling addict and you had a couple really big wins when you started gambling for the first time. And then that gambler is going to go back and they're going to keep trying and they're going to keep trying and they're going to keep trying. And they're going to keep trying and then they're going to lose and lose and lose and lose, but they're going to still try to get that money. Um, they actually scientists did that too with, with mice and they did some um, experimentation on, if they pushed a certain button, I think it was a button or a switch or something, um, there would there was a trap door that cheese would fall out of. And so they would push it and they were all living large and they were all eating the cheese. And then um, they made it more infrequent to where they would have to push the button multiple times before the cheese would come out. And they would just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Um, then they made it to where they intermixed um, small um, shocks. So it would be cheese, but then there would be electric shocks mixed in there. Um, and, uh, the mice would keep doing it. And then it got to a point where they would just stop giving the cheese and just the electro shocks, but the mice would still do it. 
Um, and I think that's kind of what happens with a narcissist, you know, you get lifted up a lot at first and you feel really, really good about yourself. And then, you know, it becomes more infrequent Then it becomes really a lot more volatile and the attacks become more and the love becomes less. And then the love becomes non-existent and it just becomes attacks. It's a slow breakdown. It's a slow process. And then you're stuck. You're trauma bonded. You know, you have all these issues. You're almost like Stockholm syndrome where you've fallen for your captor and you feel some sort of empathy for them, even though they're just absolutely awful people. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's number four. Number five is their actions do not match their words. When dealing with a person or entity that gaslights, look at what they are doing rather than what they are saying. What they are saying means nothing. It's just talk. What they are doing is the issue. Yeah, that's accurate. I mean, their words can be real froofy and they can be real lovey-dovey and all this stuff, but their actions speak louder. I mean, a good example of this in my exes is her social media accounts and her real life versus her, you know, make-believe fantasy world that she wants to present to the world as this perfect couple, this perfect family, these perfect kids, when really she's just yelling at her kids every day. She's yelling at her husband every day. She's demeaning them, <sighs> verbally assaulting them, poking, poking, poking all the time. But she gives the appearance that, you know, she lives this magical fantasy world and you know, and she would get really mad when she would look at other people's pages that looked better than hers. She definitely had, you know, envy and would get really angry um, if people had more things than she did or if somebody was going on better vacations than her or anything of that nature. She, you know, her actions not behind the lens of the camera was, was you know, who she truly was. Um Number six is they throw in positive reinforcement to confuse you. Definitely. Definitely can relate to that. Um, so, you know, she would definitely make me feel like I was not valued. And she would always complain about how she wasn't valued when all I did was wait on her hand and feet. Um, now she's kind of trying to groom my older son specifically to fill that role in my absence, I think. I don't know for sure, but I'm just getting that impression. Um, but, um, you know, they, they would throw in little, you know, praises here and there, and then they would be like, see, I praised you. See, I do care about you. See, I do recognize you do nice things. And then they would make it seem like they really do care, you know? So then they do that to continue the confusion and to continue the manipulation and the gaslighting, the brainwashing. So they treat you like shit, but then they praise you. But typically they only praise you. You'll notice if it's something that benefits them. So if you got a, you know, something good or you got recognized at work for something, that doesn't benefit them. So they're going to dismiss it and they're going to make you feel stupid. They're going to make you feel like it's not that important because whatever happens in their life is more important. 
Um, yeah, I remember I, uh, I don't know if this really falls into this category, but it's just, you know, I think maybe even more about their actions, not matching their words. But I remember there was a, a fairly well-known photographer in the Buffalo area for like modeling and photo shoots. And he has a lot of, you know, photos and images and, you know, pretty high-end magazines, um, national magazines, because he's a really good photographer. She always wanted to work with him and she was trying to do this modeling career and try to, you know, continue living her lavish look to her lifestyle, even though it was far from reality. Um, I remember her getting so mad at me. He was looking for someone that had a beard, um, which I had a pretty large beard at the time. He's looking for a certain look. Um, he wanted to photograph, you know, men with beards at that point. This was, you know, years ago, a little before the beard movement really got as big as it did really. Um, and, um, I went and did a photo shoot with him because he asked and she actually tagged me and I had someone else tag me and he was, he reached out to me in, in a message and asked when I could get, get there. So I ended up doing it and she was so mad at me, so mad at me. Like she was like, but she would say, I support you. I think that that's wonderful that you're working with him. And I'm really mad. He's never asked me to work with him. I'm really mad. I've tried to work with him so many times and I've tried to talk to him. And I honestly, realistically, I think he saw right through her because she, she had met him a couple times at outings and gatherings and we had mutual friends and he never wanted to work with her. Um, I think it's because he knew how she was personally, but, um, yeah, I think, I think him working with me really made her mad. And I'm definitely not a model. I have no desire to be anything close to that, but, um, it's pretty hilarious. Um, anyway, um, throwing in the positive reinforcement, you know, she did give me positive reinforcement, but then she would just talk shit about that. I went there or like little catty remarks or little snide comments here and there about, you know, well, he worked with you, like trying to make me feel guilty for something that she tagged me in. She wanted me to do it. And then once I actually did it, she was mad at me for it probably because I didn't put in enough of a good word for her. If I would have put in a good word for her, then she would have been really happy about it and praised me for it because I did something to benefit her. I know she would give me positive reinforcement if I would stick up for her to people either online. She would get mad, like she would want me to get involved if she was having a debate or an argument. She would want me to get involved to get at her back. She was fighting with a family member or a friend. She would want me to get involved to get her back if I didn't because I didn't think that she was in the right, which she 99.99% of the time was not in the right. Um, I actually can't think of a time she was. Um, she would always say, why are you never defending me? Why do you never defend me? You don't, you know, I always defend you. I always stick up for you, which is a complete lie. Um, more gaslighting. Um, but when I did, and there were times to where, because she said it to me so often, I got to a point where I did start defending her. Um, and then she would give me positive reinforcement that I did the right thing. Um, number seven is they know confusion weakens people. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, essentially they know that, that people want stability. They want a sense of normalcy and their goal is to make you constantly question your reality. Um, that's, that's the main objective here. And, and if you're confused, it's going to weaken you. If they're constantly making you question your reality, they're changing the dialogue, they're twisting the truth, they're outright lying, you're going to be so confused, you're going to feel less stable. And the less stable you feel, the more stable they're going to feel in being able to continue their control and manipulation over you. Number eight is they project. Um, I mean, she always accused me of cheating. Come to find out she was cheating on me. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty direct. Um, she would accuse me of assaulting her or attacking her when in reality, that's what she did to me. Um, she would accuse me of insulting her and calling her names and insulting her family or insulting her, um, you know, gender or whatever it is, you know, he just can't stand women. He, you know, or something like that, which I would never, the crazy thing is like, I was so brainwashed. Like I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't call her names that her own stepfather would call her. You know, he would call her a bitch. Hey, what's the bitch up to? Or he'd call her a see you next Tuesday. What's the see you next Tuesday up to? I would never even dream of saying those words about her through all the, the hatred that I felt for her. Like I would never even do that in her presence or not in her presence. I was too, I was too scared. She would find out. Not only that, I just, I found it to be disrespectful. And for some reason I was so brainwashed into thinking that she deserved respect. I would never, ever, ever say those things. But she would accuse me of things. I, you know, I know you. I know you have a secret profile on Ashley Madison. I know you have a secret Tinder account, a secret Bumble account, and all these different things. And it's like, what the hell is Bumble? What is what Ashley Madison? What? What is this? It was confusing. Um, but I, I didn't even say that. I would just, I would just say, prove it. Okay, prove it. No, I don't. Prove it. Come to find out, she had a secret bubble account, you know, which I found out shortly after that. But she was sitting there attacking me, trying to convince me that I was cheating on her, and that I was doing all these things. But the more they project what they're feeling guilty about onto you, the more you're finding yourself just defending it that you can't see anything beyond that because you're too busy trying to fend off attacks that you can't even go on the offense and figure out what's going on or, or recognize that they are the ones that are doing things. <sighs> I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to projection. I mean, I could go on for a while. Um, it might be really scattered thoughts though, but I could definitely go on for a while about the projections. Um, that she placed, um, on me of the, th of the characteristics she had. Um, number nine is they try to align people against you. Triangulation. Um, you know, they're, they're really quick to 
get people on their side. They're quick to get down in their ears and tell them things about you to make you seem untrustworthy. So that way, if you were to ever go to these people, they would be quick to go back to the narcissist. Um, I don't love the term flying monkeys, but that's kind of what she, you know, had found or he would find or whatever, like, you know, people that would do their bidding for them. You know, she keeps those people close. Those are the people she wants you hanging out with. Um, at least that's how it was for me. I apologize. I keep saying she, I know there's also he very much. So, um, I'm have a hard time sometimes not speaking just from my perspective when I start rambling, but the flying monkeys is kind of, if you're not familiar with that, it's kind of comes from the uh, wizard of Oz and the wicked witch and how she had the monkeys that would do her bidding for her. And she would, you know, employ these monkeys to go do whatever she needed to be done, which is kind of why if you get inside, you know, read or listen to different things about narcissism, you'll hear the term flying monkeys. I don't necessarily love it because I feel like a lot of my exes, quote unquote, flying monkeys were also just manipulated by her and they were seeing a side of her that my narcissist wanted to show them. And that was it. Um, and so they really were just deceived like I was. They were also part of the, of the victim. And I feel like calling someone a flying monkey seems kind of derogatory. So I'm not going to continue using that term um, on this. Um, I feel like it's kind of victim blaming, you know, because they're victims too of the abuse. Um, sucks. They hurt a lot of people. Um, but triangulation is really bad. It's 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 sad. I didn't talk to my sisters for a long time because she would talk to my sisters. I remember there was one time specifically that um, my sister, she confided to my sister about us arguing and my sister said something along the lines of, yeah, if you're ever in town or if you ever needed a place to stay, I know you're far away, but if you ever needed a place to stay when you guys were fighting or just wanted to get away for a little bit, you could come here. Um, and at this point, my sister was just trying to be kind. She wasn't you know, damning me or disowning me. But that's how my narcissist took it, that my your sister loves me better than she loves you. She said, if we ever got divorced, I could go live with her. She didn't offer you that, did she? Because she knows you're an idiot, because she knows you're this, because she knows you're that. Um, and I didn't talk to my sister because I truly felt that my sister did that and I was hurt. And so I didn't trust my sister even for a little while because of that. Then I finally let my sister in. I talked to her about everything, broke down crying, and she was just kind of beside herself. And I asked her about that specific question. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not what happened. This this is what happened. And then explained it to me. Um, and it's like, man, I'm so stupid. How did I not see that? How did I not get that? There were so many times I had a really close couple that we were friends with and um, we would hang out with them once a week, typically on Sundays, our kids would hang out together and I became really close with her husband. Um, so my ex's friend and her husband, so the male, um, we would hang out, we'd do stuff together. We're both, you know, um, very similar in a lot of ways. Um, 
and so we we definitely had a, a pretty close bond. Um, I would leave the house to go back to our house, and she would always ridicule me for talking about her behind her back. I know you were talking to him about me. I know you were talking to him about me. What did you say? Like, why do you never stick up for me? I feel like you're just always talking shit about me, which I think also is part of that projection. She knows she's talking shit about me. So she assumes that I'm doing the same. Um, but you know, and then it was, why did you say that? Whatever it was, you know, I'm, I've talked about that with you guys before just the, why would you say such a thing? Or you're acting really funny. Everyone can see that you're acting weird. Why are you being like that? Or everyone sees it. I talk to them about it. Like they see it or, you know, why would you say that? You're super offensive. You're so out of line. Like even just like joking, having jokes and talking and everyone kind of busting each other's chops or whatever we're doing. And, and next thing you know, I'm offensive and that I'm just disgusting. And how could I do this? Or how could I do that? Like every week there was something every week. And she triangulated it to where it got to a point where I would go there and I wouldn't feel comfortable talking to them about anything. Like I got to the point where like my relationship with him became more and more tainted because I became less and less comfortable opening up and discussing things with him because I was afraid he was going to get back to her. Um, then we eventually stopped being friends because he and his wife split. They moved to Florida. Um, I talked to him a couple times um, and then he got back with his ex. And once he got back with his ex, he let her in on everything that we had discussed. And he said, we can't, I can't be friends with you anymore. It's putting too much of a strain on my relationship um, with my wife and she still wants to be friends with your ex and that puts too much of a strain on us so I can't be friends with you. So he opened up to me and we had some understanding and he knows that my ex, what she is, but he also, I think, might be in a similar situation with his wife as well. So... I'm not sure fully what the deal is there, but I think that his wife and mine are kind of two peas in a pod, and I think he got caught up in it, and he can't talk to me because he's probably dealing with the same, um, or at least somewhat similar, I don't know to the extent of mine, but somewhat similar abusive cycle, you know? So I understand it. I don't hold a grudge against him, but that was somebody that was triangulated against. But, you know, her mother, all the time, all the time. Um, but it was funny cause you know, we would get in a fight and she would call her mom. I can't believe you, you know, Phil said this about me, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, I'm literally standing right here. You're literally lying. You're completely changing the narrative of what happened. She would truth twist things right in front of me. See how crazy he is. He's just yelling at me from another room. He's just yelling when I wouldn't even be yelling. So it was, it was her trying to align her mom on her side. Then her mom would say, well, you're yelling at her too, you know, and then doing all these victim blaming type, you know, terms with me. It takes two to tango. You loved her once. Why don't you find that love again? All these different things that kind of keep you hooked. Oh, it's maddening. Um, number 10 is they will tell you and others that you are crazy. So that's, I mean, part of the triangulation, uh, it also feeds into the isolation. So they triangulate 
to make you feel uncomfortable speaking negatively about them. Um, then they speak negatively about you. And then they project that you're doing the same thing. But then they're also telling others it's a very effective tool because then if their friends or close relatives or loved ones will will question you because they say that, you know, if they question your sanity um, and your reliability and try to make it seem like you're a liar, when you go to confide in somebody that's close with both of you that might be able to shed some light on the two of your situation, they're not going to be open with you and they might go back to the narcissist with it. And you know that, so you won't even try to reach out to other people about it, which makes you feel isolated. And then you're on your own island. Then you have nobody to trust because you don't know who you can truly trust. You don't know who is going to go back to her or him. <laughs> and it is a very um, lonely feeling to know that you're isolated when you're at a gathering or a family party and you've just got to pretend like everything's okay, but you get to a point to where you've had enough triangulation happen that you don't feel comfortable trusting anybody and talking to them about what's truly going on. But it is a really, really good tactic for a narcissist to employ. Um, and it's, and it's dangerous, but anyway, um, the last one is, um, they tell you everyone else is a liar. So yeah, that's definitely part of it. Um, you know, if, if, uh, if there's somebody that could be a threat to them, um, they're lying. Um, if it's a threat to her or him and your relationship with them, they're liars. Um, my mother, my father, my sisters, um, my best friends, my best man at my wedding, um, all my close friends when I met her in Las Vegas, um, she convinced me to question all of them. Um, not just liars, but just, just, you know, not good people in general and would attack them. Um, people at my work, she didn't know them enough to call them directly liars, but she would make them seem like, you know, quote unquote losers. Um, and I was a loser for working there and that I was a deadbeat and that I was never going to go anywhere. Um, and then bringing up my history and my past to say, just like this and just like this person and just like that person, you're going to be just like this person. Um, you know, and everyone else is lying. I didn't know who to trust. I didn't want to trust anybody. Everyone else is beneath me because, you know, I'm with this person, you know, this person that is of peak perfection. So I need to live up to that standard. Um, and so I didn't feel comfortable going to hang out with, you know, work friends or family even one-on-one -on -one because then I was just, I mean, even when I did get an opportunity to discuss what was going on, I would get so anxious and scared that I was going to be found out and that she was going to find out something because a lot of times people don't recognize what you're dealing with. Even if you tell them straight out, this is what I'm dealing with, they'll still go back to the narcissist and they won't even give or divulge the whole 
truth, but they'll say, they might mention like one thing that to a normal person would be completely minor and would not even be a big deal. But to a narcissist, it's like a tiny little kernel that they're going to turn into a mountain of problems and elaborate on it and twist just off one sentence. Like my sisters apparently all hated me. They all knew how much of a loser I was. They all knew how much of you know, a scumbag I was and that my sisters would take her in over their own flesh and blood. That's how important this narcissist was, you know, um, that's how much my sisters cared about me. Like, it's just, ugh, it's gross. There's a lot of entitlement there. Um, I mean, there's one time in particular that I have talked about before, but I have it on video and I videotaped after the abuse. I tried to pull my camera out and she smacked it out of my hand and I picked it up and then she like started hitting me and I went to, I was trying to record. She had me trapped in the bathroom because she was blocking me in the bathroom. Another intimidation technique, blocking your exits when you feel like you're losing your mind because they won't stop verbally attacking you and you have nowhere to run. Then I tried to sneak by her on the side and then she started attacking me and I pulled my phone out to try to record her. She slapped it out of my hand. It was crazy. Pulled my hair, bit the back of my arm. Finally, and then she stopped. Once she had enough, she thought she went too far or like had some kind of moment of clarity. She like stopped and ran into the living room and pretended like nothing was wrong. I grabbed my phone. I pulled out my phone. I started recording. I said, I just want to document what happened. This is what happened. And I explained it all. I went over to her and then she was sitting on the couch in the living room with my children watching a TV show. And she was like, what are you doing? I didn't, I didn't do any of that to you. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, what, what? Like you literally just attacked me. She's like, I've been watching a movie. I don't know what you're talking about. You must be going crazy. And then trying to convince me that I'm crazy. I'm like, what the fuck? So then I took my shirt off and filmed the back of my arm where she had bit my arm. And there were teeth marks on the back of my arm, on my tricep. I physically could not bite the back of my arm. I'm not a contortionist. I can't pop my arm and twist it around 180 degrees and bite myself. But she was like, you must have done that to yourself. Like, you're, that's weird. Like, I wouldn't bite you. There's no way I would have done that. Like, it was on the back of my arm. And she's like, oh, whatever. Like, that never happened. It's like, so even when they know that they're blatantly lying, they're going to do it anyway to make you question your reality. And they just, they're, they're never going to take responsibility, even if it's just completely blatant. If you're waiting for an opportunity, I waited for a long time. I finally got enough information and left. If you're waiting for an opportunity to leave, there's no time like the present. Never soon enough. Oh, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for today. Um, I just really think that gaslighting is, is a subject that needed to be discussed. I, I probably could even do more on the subject, a lot more, but um, yeah, I've got to work. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Um, stay safe, stay sane. I'll speak to you guys soon. Thank you.